Welcome, you tune into Merkaz Sahaba Online and that segment, that segment that we waited for the entire week is here. We've been speaking about it, we've been looking forward to it and Alhamdulillah that segment is finally here, the stories of the Sahaba. On the line we have the captain of the segment and it's none other than Mufti Muhammad Aku of uh, Darul Ulum Newcastle. Mufti Saf. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Wa alaikum assalam wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Yusuf bhai. How are you doing Mufti Sab? Alhamdulillah, Allah's fadl, Allah's mercy. Alhamdulillah. Alhamdulillah, Mufti Sab. With the mercy of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, we're venturing into this brand new segment and I'm quite excited, quite excited. Why is the segment stories of the Sahaba so important? Inshallah, Yusuf bhai, I feel it is very important because as Muslims, we have to realize that deen would not have come to us had it not been for the Sahaba radiallahu anhu. So generally as an ummah of Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, we know how great Sahaba are on a whole. But Sahaba radiallahu anhu, individual basis, this Sahabi or that Sahabi, what, priv- what, what privileges they had, what virtues they had, and they have. So mm-hmm. what we're going to try and do is take one one Sahabi at a time radiallahu anhu, and first of all remember his name. And then we highlight certain incidents of his life. So as the Ummah of Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, we should increase our knowledge, our information about the Sahaba Radiallahu Anhum. Mm-hmm. Then our love for Sahaba Radiallahu Anhum will increase. Yes, we do have love for Sahaba Radiallahu Anhum, but not knowing about them is actually an injustice towards appreciating their sacrifices for us. Because they sacrificed everything. Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam received this deen. Then... Sahaba radiallahu anhum took it to the four corners of the world. This responsibility was given to them by Rasulullah sallallahu So how appreciative should we be of them? That's one. And number two is when we learn about the Sahaba radiallahu anhum, and inshallah, we can then inspire our children to become like the Sahaba radiallahu to show them that the actual true role models in our life are the Sahaba radiallahu So what we're going to do, we won't just speak on Sahaba in general. We'll take one one Sahabi's name and discuss aspects and highlights of that Sahabi radiallahu anhu's life or lessons from his life or her life. Sahaba radiallahu anhum and Sahabiyat radiallahu anhunna. And may Allah Ta'ala give us the tawfiq to, to learn more and more inshallah. I'm really also uh, looking forward to this and may Allah Ta'ala accept from us, uh, Yusuf Bhai. Ameen, Ameen, definitely. Mufti Saab, uh, we're going to be handing over the airwaves of Marka Sahaba to you in your care. And inshallah, let's go for our first segment with stories of the Sahaba. بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم وصلى الله على النبي الأمي برحمتك يا أرحم الراحمين يا ربي صلي وسلم دائما أبدا على حبيبك خير الخلق كلهم My respected listeners uh, for today I was thinking Sahabi that sometimes we don't hear about رضي الله عنهم So generally we hear the great Sahaba رضي الله عنهم the عشرة مبشرة رضي الله عنهم but there are so many Sahaba رضي الله عنهم who came into the life of رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم and how that changed them, and how they in, cha- in turn changed the world. Like the Sahabi today would be a Sahabi by the name of Thumama bin Uthal. So he will be our hero in this section, section or segment, radiallahu anhu. So first of all, let's try and remember his name. It starts with a Sa, Alif Ba Ta, Sa, Thumama bin Uthal. And when we hear a Sahabi's name, we say radiallahu anhu. A Sahabiya's name, we say radiallahu anha. Now, 
first of all, we'll discuss how this man came into the life of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam. So there were certain Sahaba who came into Rasulullah sallallahu life during the Meccan period, others during the Medinan period. This Sahabi came into Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi life through a strange incident. And Ajib, there's so much of lesson behind it. So what happened here was, the Meccan period had passed. That was 13 years. Then the Medinan period came. Rasulullah made hijrah. Then in, in, in Medina, Manawara, a lot of different sacrifices took place. The Sahaba came into contact with Rasulullah, the Ansar. Anhum. Then the time came where there was a lot of, uh, there was a truce. There was a truce between Mecca and Medina because there was warfare for many, many years. Badr took place, Uhud took place. And the Meccans were not accepting the Muslims to exist. They didn't want it. The Muslims were in Mecca. They tortured them. Muslims had to leave to Medina. Now the Muslims were in Medina. They were still not satisfied. What then happened was, Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam came for Umrah and asked them permission to enter. They refused. They barred the Muslims from entry. This was the sixth year Hijri. So what they did was, there was an agreement, a truce. They said, okay, next year you can come for Umrah. But we'll have a ceasefire for 10 years. So now Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam and Sahaba radiallahu were happy. So he gathered Sahaba in Masjid Nabawi after they returned from Makkah. And he said to them, that, Oh my Sahaba radiallahu anhum, Inna Allah ba'athani kafatan linnasi rahmatan fa'addu anni. Allah has sent me for the entire humanity. You take the deen from me and give it to humanity. So Sahaba said, we are ready. O Nabi of Allah, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. He even said to them, don't say what the, the followers of Isa alayhi salam said. When they were sent, they weren't happy to, with, with certain areas and they complained. Sahaba said, O Nabi of Allah, wherever you send us, wherever you deem fit, we are ready. Radiallahu anhum, got ready. So we should remember these Sahaba as well. Hatib, radiallahu anhu, was sent by Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam to meet the king of Alexandria, Mukokis. Dihya Kalbi radiallahu anhu, Dihya bin Khalifa radiallahu anhu, he was sent by Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam to meet the Roman emperor, the Roman king. Abdullah bin Hudhafa Sahmi radiallahu anhu was sent to meet the ruler of Persia. These were the superpowers of the day, these three kings. And there were other kings as well. For example, Salit bin Amr radiallahu anhu, Salit bin Amr radiallahu anhu was sent to meet the commander, the chief of Yamama. None other than Thumama bin Uthal. Now, what happened with him? The other Sahaba will discuss on other occasions. Now we're highlighting this individual, radiallahu anhum. So this Sahabi Salit arrives there. He hands over the letter. Thumama, you know, received the letter with disdain and with disrespect. And he turned away. And he deafened himself and blinded himself from the truth. And then he was planning to actually assassinate Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa He's looking for the opportunity. And he, when he saw Sahaba, anhu, he would treat them with a lot of hostility. This was seventh year after Hijrah. Then on one occasion, he's traveling for Umrah. And he was looking, because the Meccans were connected to Kaaba, or Arabs. Arabs were connected to Kaaba, whether they were non-Muslim also, they used to come. Because they come from the offspring of Ismail, alayhi salatu wasalam. And along the line, shirk came in. So anyway, he's going on his way to Makkah. And Thumama was revered in Makkah because it was like the breadbasket of Makkah. Whatever goods came to Makkah, most of it came, the imports, most of the, the, the exports, most of it were received, uh, came from Yamama, the lands of Thumama, whether it was raisins and skins and oils. 
a lot of the goods came from him. So he's on his way. Now there was one Sahabi, Muhammad, uh, Muhammad ibn Maslama, radiyallahu anhu. Now this Sahabi saw something fishy. He captured Fumama. And when he was captured, remember in Sahaba's time, everything revolved around the masjid. So Thumama is taken captive because he was found in something doubtful. What is he doing outside Medina Manuwala? Because he had plans. I want to shed some blood of the Muslims and of Rasulullah if possible. He was captured. He was taken to Masjid al-Nabawi and he was tied to a pillar. Now he's tied to a pillar of Masjid al-Nabawi comes into the masjid. He sees the captive. He calls Sahaba radiallahu anhum. And he says to them, do you know that this is the ruler of Yamama, Fumama? This is Fumama, the ruler of Yamama. Treat him well. This is what Rasulullah said to his Sahaba, anhum. treat him well. And Rasulullah himself used to come to visit by Fumama. He was treated well. Nabi would treat him with compassion, treat him, treat him with care. And in the masjid, in the masjid, food was brought for him. Nabi said to his family, Let's see what food we have. Send it to Thumama. He's a special guest. Now he is a captive, a prisoner with sinister plans, brought into Masjid the Nabawi, and he's treated, so to say, like a king. And Allah's Nabi would come and visit him. And then there was one camel specified, and Nabi told the Sahih, that milk this camel morning and evening and bring it for bring the milk for Fumama. And Nabi Wasallam would sit with him for some time, talk to him, hear what were his thinking, and then he would leave him to take effect from the environment of the masjid. Now this is a very, very important lesson for, for you and I in life, my respected listeners. What an impact does masjid have on a person's life? What happens in the masjid? Ibadat takes place in the masjid. That is an effort of hidayah, guidance. What, what happens in the masjid? Your khidmah. See, there's four a'mal, four actions that ulama say are the a'mal, the actions of hidayah. When these four amals take place in an environment, hidayah comes about. This gives birth to hidayah with the permission of Allah, with the help of Allah, with the will of Allah. One is dawat, inviting to Allah. Number two, ta'aleem, learning and teaching. Number three, ibadah, dhikrullah and worship of Allah. And number four, serving one another, one another, khidmah. Now he is left in this environment, salah is taking place, ta'aleem is taking place, dawat is taking place, khidmat is taking place, serving one another, helping one another. He sees this. When Rasulullah comes to see him the first day, he was softening, but he was still harsh. He said, you know, Nabi asked him, how are you doing? He said, you know, my condition is that if you kill me, I'll also take revenge on you because my people will come and kill you. But if you favor me and you're kind to me, you'll be showing kindness to a man who's very, very appreciative. I'll never, I'll never do you down. I'll never forget your favor upon me. And if you want money, ask me. I'll sort it out for you. I have too much. Anyway, Nabi Wasallam wanted his hidayah. So Nabi Wasallam left him to take effect. The first day. The second day when Nabi Wasallam came to see him, Nabi Wasallam found that he was softening. Even this, the, the, the tone, his tone was softer. In tun'im, tun'im ala shakir. Wa in taqtul, taqtul dam. Even the sequence of how he said, 
if you favor me, I'll never forget your, your, your kindness towards me. Second day. The third day, the same thing happened. After three days of this environment, Rasulullah now release him. He saw Deen, he had his opportunity, release him. He's released, he's happy, he comes out of the masjid, now he feels outside the masjid is not like inside the masjid. Inside the masjid was too beautiful. Inside the masjid was peaceful. He goes to a secluded garden or farm, he bathes himself, he comes back, Allah's Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam in the masjid is sitting with Sahaba Radiallahu There and then in the masjid, Tumama comes and announces his Islam. He says, O Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, Ashhadu Allah ilaha illallah wa Ashhadu anna Muhammadar Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. He recites the Shahada and then he says, O my Nabi, O Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, ma kana ala zahri al-ardi wajhun abghadu ilayya min wajhik. There was no individual I detested more on this universe than you. But today there's no one I love more than you. There was no city I hated more than your city. Today your city is the most beloved to me. There was no deen that I detested more than your deen. Today your deen has become the most beloved to me. Of Allah, in my past I did so much of wrong. What do I do to atone for that? Allah's Nabi explained to him how Islam, embracing Islam, wipes out all one's sins. And Allah's Nabi taught him what was to be taught and gave him glad tidings. He was so elated and happy. And he says, now I'm going to strive for Allah's sake. And I'm going to put all my efforts in Allah's way and I'll multiply my efforts more than what I did against the deen of Allah. And this, my respected listeners, is part of appreciation and shukar. When Allah gives us something or when Allah blesses us, use our resources, our efforts, our wealth, our time, our honor, our position for Allah. And we learned this from the Sahaba, radiallahu anhum. Then he says, O Nabi of Allah, guide me. And I was taken captive. I was going for Umrah. What should I do? See, his life is now put onto the mashura of Rasulullah sallallahu Allah's Nabi sallallahu said, go for Umrah. But go according to the sharia of Allah. And Nabi sallallahu te- teaches him how to perform the Umrah. Now he continues until he reaches the valleys of Makkah. And there he's screaming out the labbaik. Labbaik Allahumma labbaik. Labbaik la sharika laka labbaik. Inna alhamda wa ni'mata laka wal mulk la sharika lak. He read the correct labbaik. The mushrikeen never read this labbaik. In the labbaik of the mushrikeen, there was shirk, ascribing partner to Allah. In this labbaik taught by Rasulullah sallallahu Allah, you have no partner. Allah, I'm returning to you. Allah, I'm turning to you and repenting and changing my life without ascribing any partners unto you. He was the first individual on the face of the earth to read this labbaik, meaning from the ummah of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa The first of the ummah of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi to read the correct labbaik. So he received this privilege. And now whilst he is in Makkah, they try to kill him because they're hearing that Allah has no partner. And when they were trying to kill him, some seniors stopped the juniors. That you can't kill this man. Every grain or every goods, whatever goods we want from Yamama will be stopped and halted if you harm this man. And he turned to them and he said, yes, you want anything. You have to be kind to Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Otherwise, I will send nothing to you. And he actually boycotted them and he stopped sending anything to them. Uh, buy is my, is my time up or? Jimulana. Do I, I only have till, till, till 8, isn't Till 8 o'clock, Jimulana. Okay, so it is still there, inshallah, then. So we'll have to continue, inshallah, Yusuf Bhai.
I mean, we say Jazak Lawkhari, Mufti Saab, absolutely gripping. I was actually hoping that uh, Mufti Saab doesn't notice the clock turned 8 o'clock, absolutely gripping and, you know, uh, completely inspiring our, our Sahaba because they are the ones that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala chose to be the company of our beloved Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Mufti Saab, we say Jazak Lawkhari to you. We're looking forward to this adventure, learning adventure, inshallah, and we'll be seeing you next week, Thursday. I mean, GG, you should buy Jazakallah for the opportunity. I mean, Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.